Jesus. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, this session starts in your handout in uh, page 11, so if you want to flip there uh, to get kind of a place to take a few notes. Understand that God calls us to live in, in great courage and, and, and to not be fight, frightened. Uh, we'll learn here in a moment that, that fear can be a bondage. It can literally captivate and overwhelm us in life. So uh, just these commands here, be courageous, don't be fr frightened, don't be dismayed, are uh, just really powerful. Remember when this happened in Joshua's life. He's, a, he's about ready to lead Israel into the promised land, you know, and they're... they're uh, uh, you know, 40 years of wandering, fearful of the people in the land. So uh, just live in uh, the reality and truth of God's provision so that we're not overcome with fear. Hmm. Next slide, Alec. There we go. This is a chart we use a lot in discipling, and it just helps uh, kind of focus in on, on the reality of where does fear come from? Doubting God, not believing God, uh, uh, living in unbelief and pride, thinking we can control our world. And I don't know about you, but when I think I can control my world, that's a reason to be fearful because I can't control anything. But the result of living with these uh, false beliefs or, or these unbeliefs literally is fear, fear of uh, all of these things around the circle of consequences of uh, rejection, uh, on and on. And these often take uh, and manifest themselves in outward behavior, uh, like manipulating, arguing, and uh, so just a, a good um, um, overview of kind of the result of what fear brings in your life, the bondage that it brings. Uh, this is a wrong button. Uh, this is a great qu a, a quote, I think. Fear is the result of having too small view of God, and, and I wonder uh, if most sins in our life isn't a result of having too small a view of God, but just think about that. How big is your God? Uh, how uh, glorious and how awesome is He? We'll talk about that more in the next session. Uh, the scriptures talk about some of the realities of the bondage of fear. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons in whom cry, Abba, Father. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. God doesn't want us to live with fear, you know, being in bondage to fear, being overwhelmed uh, by fear. And I know this is a fearful world we live in, but we can't let it uh, overwhelm us and captivate our hearts and minds so that we are caught up uh, in living in that kind of bondage. Another thought about this, there is no fear in love. And the reason we can live above and beyond fear is that we have a, a Father in heaven who's poured out perfect love to us. And that's what casts out fear in our lives. Uh, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected by love. God's love is perfect. It's beautiful. It's righteous. It's good. It's just. And we can live in that truth and, and in that reality. And when we're parenting our kids, these are precious children. And the dangers in our world can often cause us and lead us into places of fear. One thing we want to do is, is just talk with you today about how to handle that uh, when you identify those things in your life. Uh, be uh, overwhelmed by the actual uh, fear, love, or uh, fear of God, love of God, 
the righteousness and the protection of God. So here, here's a little uh, uh, way to, to cope and deal with your fears as a parent. It's a, there's a copy of this on the next page in your handout. But uh, when you realize that you're fearful about something, you might want to pull this out and, and maybe make a list of your fears, be specific. Uh, read these scriptures, uh, Luke 19 or 9, 23, Deuteronomy 31, 6, this talks about God always being with us. This is the passage in Joshua we just read in preparation for releasing your fears to God. And this is, this is a step every parent can take to release their fears to the living God. Confess those by seeking God's forgiveness for not trusting him, not uh, understanding that he loves us and he cares for us. He's almighty, he's with us, never leaves us. Uh, think about the possibility of these fears happening and releasing them, uh, understanding them in the light of the character of God. For example, you might not pray, Lord, even if something happens, even if I fail as a parent uh, this week, uh, Lord, I don't need to be overwhelmed by that. I will follow you, and you will give me the grace and strength to get through it. You may also claim God's character, uh, character, character traits in times like this. Even if I fail, your love will overwhelm me, uh, will sustain me. Your power will uphold me. So turning our fears over to the power of the Word of God and allowing God to reshape how we think. Uh, be sure to say, God, you will be there for me. Uh, God promises he will never leave us and forsake us. And then repeat these steps whenever fear reoccurs and you're uh, beginning to fall back under its influence. Practice renewing your mind. And there's a uh, just uh, some illustrations here about the power of this battle uh, that we face every day. The battle of the mind, literally, and I love this passage. This is one of my most favorite passages ever, uh, especially verse 5. Uh, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make them obedient to Christ. Understand, by the Spirit of God, the Word of God, we have the power we have the capacity spiritually to take captive every thought in our mind. We don't have to be living in fear of anything happening. We can live in the power and truth of God. Uh, some of these statements down here uh, help us understand what goes on. Uh, we, do you, you have truth and lies entering your mind all the time. They're just continually there. You can choose to decide which thoughts to base uh, you're thinking based on God's truth, which are true, which are not. You, have the you are capable of choosing to believe truth and choosing to uh, not believe lies. Your decision will be made in accordance with what you choose to believe, how you feel, how you relate. Uh, will you live in faith and truth or will you be overwhelmed by fear? Your feelings and behaviors are determined by the choice of what you choose to believe in. There's uh, another uh, slide that just kind of shows the realities. The immature believer oftentimes is overwhelmed by the lies of the world. The double-minded man, back and forth. It's kind of like that a ship that's tossed about, we read about in Scripture. The mature believer is growing more and more in the knowledge and wisdom of God. Uh, we use this, and uh, this is also in your notes, but a way to renew your mind once you've confessed uh, any fears you might have, uh, to avoid falling back into those traps Catch hold of that thought as sinful. Uh, understand that uh, 
uh, God has empowered you to understand that. And we just talked about uh, that in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10, or 10.5. Confess it is sinful. God, it's sinful to not trust you. God, it's sinful to believe the lies of the enemy. Claim the Holy Spirit's power to empower and encourage you to believe God's truth and, and to live in light of that. Uh, force your mind to think on other things, the character of God, the truth of God. Uh, repeat this as you have need. We threw this in as well because there's some uh, great questions down here to think through. What sinful thoughts or attitudes are reoccurring in your life? What am I fearing right now or what do I frequently fear? So read through these lists. It can be helpful to just get you to think about where your mind's at, what's controlling your thoughts, that kind of thing, and renew your mind. Uh, just take the truth and the Word of God to deal with that. What are the things that, as parents, we fear? Probably at the top of the list is the death of a child. Uh, you know, I, I think every parent struggles with that in one way or another, especially as uh, illness comes or as uh, dangers lurk around us. But understand, uh, and this is such a powerful verse in Hebrews 12, or 2, 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Jesus, partook the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. We live in a, a realm, we live under the authority and power of the living God, and we need to understand that uh, the power of uh, death uh, has been taken from the enemy, that is the devil, and delivered all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So if you've struggled with that. Understand Christ has won the victory there. He's given you the power through your mind to not live with that kind of bondage in your heart and in your thinking. Uh, this would be a great place to uh, practice uh, confessing or relinquish that fear to God and, and renew your mind as those thoughts may reoccur in your mind. Another area is uh, fear of failure, exposure. I'm not the best parent in the world. I, uh, you know, I I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to discipline properly. I'm not going to train up properly. These are real fears that we all as parents struggle with. And, and just understand that uh, uh, the reality is uh, we need to trust God's plan. We need to talk about, think about, and put into practice the things we're talking here in relationship to helping our children realize, understand their sinfulness, uh, continually lead them and, and encourage them in the truths of the gospel, fortify their faith as they begin to grow in that gospel, and uh, lay this before the Lord and uh, renounce it, release it to Him. One thing I want to encourage you to do, and this was a suggestion from one of our, uh, our, our daughters, she said the last thing any mother of young children should ever do is go to Facebook. And the reason she said that is because what do you post on Facebook? All the perfect pictures of your children and your family. And you go there and you're comparing what's going on in your home with what you see on Facebook. And it can be incredibly discouraging, overwhelming, uh, and create fear in your heart. So I'm not saying don't go there, but, but go there and do not allow what you see to transform your mind or put you in a state of comparing how you're doing, how your kids look, how well your kids seem to be doing, or the activities in your kid's life, as opposed to uh, what you see put forth there. Because all that's there is the good stuff parents post. Remember that. Keep that in mind. Lastly, uh, fears of the future, the unknown, another huge area. Blessed is the man, the scripture says, who fears the Lord, 
who greatly delights in his commandments. He is not afraid of bad news. He, his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. A lot of times, uh, as parents, we struggle with the future. Will our kids do well? Will they perform well? Will they accomplish the things that we want them to accomplish? And literally what we're doing in some ways when we fall into that trap is, is to think somehow we can control the future and that our plan is better than God's plan, that we're more sovereign than God is sovereign. And, and, and it just... We, we at times need to come to that place where we release our children to the Lord, and especially as they grow in their faith, release them to His leading, His guidance in her life, or their life. Uh, realize that, that when we're trying to control the future of our kids and we're fearful about that, uh, we're, we'll, we'll be overwhelmed, we'll be hopeless, we could fall into despair, we, we'll probably deal with discouragement a lot. Uh, our feelings may go toward God, be feelings of anger because things aren't working out the way we think they should. So it, it's just a, a matter of trusting the sovereignty of God, trust the love of God, trust the provision and power of God through this process we talked about of uh, being people who uh, relinquish our fears, recognize them as sinful, trust God for his provision, his leading, his guidance, his parenting of our children through us. So just a, a brief overview, uh, relinquish fears if you can identify them, uh, and then uh, as you're able, uh, if they reoccur, renew your mind. Okay, we want to talk about some of the areas uh, that uh, we may face fear out in the real world, and uh, certainly we live in a, I, I titled this the sex-crazed world. Uh, there's nowhere we can go anymore, you, nothing we can turn on anywhere in our our TV or our multimedia things, that, that, that we're not in danger of, of uh, being faced with something that's sexual in content and most often inappropriate for our kids. So we want to talk about that. One, one thing we want to do as parents in, in our marriage is, is first and foremost understand that, that marriage and sex are good. They're God's gift to us. Re remember what the scripture says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Uh, for this is the will of God. Your sanctification, that is to abstain from sexual immorality. God points out in his word the, the dangers of falling into these uh, sexual areas where we shouldn't go. We won't find satisfaction. We won't find fulfillment. We won't find his best. So develop and cultivate within your marriage a healthy view of sexuality between you and your wife. Rejoice in God's good gift in this area. Uh, know that it's God's gift. It's natural. Uh, realize as well that God made sex. God created us with that. And uh, be sure you're healthy about that whole area in your marriage. Uh, and then uh, some things you can do in regard to your kids as your kids grow up. There's resources out there that can begin to help them understand uh, the difference between boys and girls, what their sexuality is like and, and where it's going to lead. And this should be age appropriate. Uh, this particular set of resources are from Nav Press. So be sure if you go down this path and, and you take a tool like this to teach and introduce your children to their sexuality, uh, it's, it's graded according to their age and it's appropriate for them at a specific time. Uh, this one is, uh, uh, the first book is The Story of Me, uh, Before I Was Born's book two, three, What's the Big Deal, Why God Cares About Sex, and then lastly, God's Design for Sex, uh, Facing the Facts, the Truth About Sex and You. So, so just age-appropriate studies you can take your kids through. Start 
early, as soon as your children can begin to comprehend these. This is not for teenagers. If, if you wait to talk about this till your kids are teenagers, you're way, way, way too late. Game over. They, they already know. They've already been told through the media or through friends. But a resource like this can be very, very helpful uh, just to walk them through over time. Uh, we had a set of these in our church library at, uh, at my previous church, and, and they were just available for, for families. Maybe we could do something like that here. Uh, they're, they're a little bit expensive, but I, I think very good and appropriate for people to deal with. So, so that's one thing. Un- understand that. And uh, as, as teens become older and they understand more about culture, as the preteens are moving into this area where they're discovering more about their emotions, their feelings, take them to Proverbs chapter 1 through verse, chapter 9. The great discussion of the temptations of sexual sin are right before them. Take them to the passages in the scripture that talk about sexual immorality. But nothing is better than Proverbs chapter 1 through 9. Uh, meet with them. And you, you ought to be doing this every year at some level with your kids until they're out of your home talking with them about these kinds of things so they understand. While they're very young, a second thing you need to do is prepare them and protect them as best you can from any kind of sexual abuse that may come toward them. Uh, make sure that they understand uh, that they're unique, different, and, and made of God. And uh, So let's just talk about this whole area about how do we prepare our kids to be to be wise and prudent as parents in regard to this horrible uh, sex-crazed world we live in. I'm going to give you some statistics. I don't want to scare you to death, but on one hand, I do want to scare you to death. 67% of all the sexual assault victims are children. 67%. One out of three young women will be sexually abused in some way before the age of 18. One out of six boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18. The sad, horrifying statistic in all of this is that only 10% of sexual abuse comes from someone they don't know. That is horrific. So we need to protect and and encourage and and guide our children to to know how to relate uh, in this world. Uh, I don't want to scare you to death, but I want you to know this is a real thing out there in our world. When you take your kid to daycare, when your kid goes over to the neighbor next door, are you aware of the environment you're putting them in? Uh, are you aware uh, of who will be watching them? We need to pay attention to those things, and we need to prepare our kids for that. Uh, there's four simple plans in the hand, or four simple steps to take with your kids uh, to just kind of help them uh, to prepare them for this. Uh, the first thing is to, uh, yeah. Do this early with your kids. Explain to them that God's made their body very special. Every part of their body is good. Some parts of their bodies are private. They need to understand there's parts of their body that are for them alone. Clearly identify to your child which parts of their anatomy are private. A good way to do this is, is when, they're, when you're bathing them or, or if, if you're not doing that, put their swimsuit on them. Tell them anything the swimsuit covers is private. Help them understand that they're special, but there are parts of their bodies that they need to protect. Uh, understand as well that you're going to the next one. Let your child know that they must tell you if anyone touches them uh, in a private area, no matter who the person is uh, or what the person says to them. Assure them that you will not, they will not be in trouble if they speak up or say something to you. 
In one discussion isn't enough. Try to find ways to repeat this over and over and over again. Uh, maybe once a year, just remind them of these things, talk with them about them. Uh, a few other guidelines, uh, make, make sure they understand and know no one outside of their parents should see them with their clothes off unless it would be a physician, doctor, while they're in a medical exam. Uh, help them understand that nobody should ever ask them to touch their private parts. Uh, help them to understand no one should ever take pictures of them with their clothes off. Some things like that are helpful in this as well. Also, uh, give your, word, or your kids a, a code word to call you if, if they feel uncomfortable in a situation uh, that would let you know that they're very afraid of the situation and to come get you. Uh, so just some practical things. You can find lists of these in other places, but this is a huge area in the lives of our children and we need to prepare them for the, uh, the challenging world we live in. Understand as well that you as a parent uh, have a huge amount of influence in the lives of your children. Uh, this can't be downloaded or passed off to others, but understand that parents uh, are looked at as having a huge influence in this whole area of uh, informing children about sexual issues. Don't wait till they're teenagers. I want to talk just briefly about educational issues. Uh, where should I send my kid to school? I know there's a lot of fear and concern, angst about that at times in, the people's, uh, in people's lives. Uh, we've gone through about all of them with our kids uh, in one stage of life or another. Uh, they were in public school, they were in a Christian school. Uh, I wanted to homeschool one of our daughters, but it just didn't work out. So we, we've been there, done that with almost all of them. Understand, your child is your responsibility. God wants you to lead and guide for the health and well-being of the educational blessing in that child's life. Don't hand it off. Don't, 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 don't download it to somebody else. Uh, be sure that you're making the decision that's best for your child. Understand as well, every child's unique. You might not do the same thing with one child you choose to do with another child. I, I just want to run through a few of the strengths and weaknesses of the schooling choices out there. Uh, there's public school, there's uh, charter schools, there's homeschooling, and in addition to that, uh, there are uh, just private Christian schools. Colorado is not a school of choice state. I don't know if you know what that is, but what that means is uh, the state's willing to give you your tax money that goes to public school so that you can use it as a voucher to send your child to wherever you'd like to go. Maybe you want to try to get that enacted here. Some states, I think there's about 18 of them now, that have school of choice. So, so you're not double taxed if you choose to put your child into a, a, religious public school, or a religious school where you're paying tuition but also paying tax. So uh, so anyway, let's talk about some of the strengths for uh, schooling choices. Public schools, they offer a wide range of classes. They're often obviously the most affordable educational option. Private Christian schools, on the other way, offer a curriculum that maybe supports your parental values uh, more than a public school would. Homeschool provides parents with the greatest discretion over and direct involvement with their ch child's education. Charter schools provide particular curriculum emphases which might appeal to the students with specific academic or other vocational interests. So those are some of the strengths. As you think through the process, look at strengths, look also at weaknesses. Here's a few of the weaknesses. Public schools, uh, basically parental rights uh, about how to uh, you know, teach your kid about sexual issues, family biblical principles, religious beliefs are sometimes held in disrespect. Be aware of that. 
You already know that probably. Private Christian schools, the educational offering is sometimes limited because of uh, the smaller Christian schools just can't provide massive sports programs, and massive art and educational programs, so the, uh, some of the programs are sometimes limited. Uh, in case of homeschooling, parents sometimes feel unqualified, emotionally unsuited to, to do this, although the tools and resources that are out there are, are becoming more and more amazing. Uh, we have a family in our church that's very knowledgeable in this area. If, if you really want more information about online homeschooling, let, let me know and I'll, I'll give you their name. Charter schools are not available in every community. There's about 7,000 of them now in the United States, but uh, they usually uh, are available. We have them here in Windsor, so uh, they're available in Greeley and I assume in Fort Collins. They have usually a particular curriculum emphasis, may not be necessarily suited to your child's uh, best well-being. Uh, the role here for you as a parent is be sure you make the decision with uh, understanding and realizing the uniqueness of your child. And again, it may be very different from one child to the other. Next thing we want to talk about a little bit is the whole area of immunization. And, and I know uh, if you have older kids, this is probably a non-issue for you, but if you're expecting or you have brand new infants, this is a, an issue of concern. Part of the reason it's a concern is that when we've, we, we had our children immunized a number of years ago, probably almost 50, uh, there were only like four vaccines. There was MMR, uh, measles, uh, mumps, and rubella, and then uh, smallpox. So today there are 17, and they all happen pretty quickly. So, so just the sheer number of diseases, uh, generally, at least I think there's 17, uh, is, is overwhelming. It, you know, and it, it creates an additional concern to parents. Uh, so so the, the whole question of, of the impact of that, the side effects of that, uh, our youngest granddaughter has... Um, an allergy that may have come from the side effects of the immunization she went through. She is anaphylactoid nut allergic. We carry an EpiPen with her whenever we have her. Is that a result of the immunization? I don't know. Uh, research is probably still out on that one, but, but the reality is these are some of the issues that create this fear and angst in our hearts and lives. So just a couple things to, to bear in mind, and then we're going to go through some questions you might want to address and ask. Understand first that when you're talking to medical prof professionals, they have an ethical liability issue and they pay uh, for insurance to, uh, to protect them from uh, how they might guide you. Understand this is the world they live in, and uh, they could be sued for giving the wrong advice. So, so just when you talk with them, know that in the back of your mind. Uh, you might even want to ask them, uh, if, you, if there wasn't a threat of liability here for you, would you tell me something different? I, I don't know how they'd react to that, but, but sometimes they may guard uh, their responses to you about side effects. Uh, uh, you, you just want to be very careful as you listen to them. Um, but seek out additional opinions from other healthcare providers. If you're not satisfied or happy with what you're hearing from one pediatrician, go to another one. Uh, just and do your own research. Uh, discover as much as you can. Uh, understand too that most people in the healthcare world uh, think in the greater picture. Pic picture healthcare uh, is is not just about one child. It's about the whole thing. Jolene and I grew up in a time, some of you or your parents did, when polo, polio was a significant thing. I had cl a classmate who had acquired polio. I had an uncle who had polio. And, and they lived with, with 
crutches and crippled bodies because of that disease. Polio is essentially eradicated now because of immunization. And we can rejoice in that. So, so there's really good stuff here, but there's also cautions that you need to work through. So here's a list of some of the things to consider. Be, be the advocate for your child. No one else will be. You as a parent need to work through this issue and decide uh, what's right for your kid. It's your responsibility. It's your right to do so. It is absolutely right and normal that parents are concerned about the optimal health of their children. And it is important that parents, and these are in your notes as well, so you can take them with you, seek reliable scientific evidence on which to base their decisions. Uh, and there is now a mass of information available. Start thinking about immunization while you're pregnant. Don't wait till uh, a week before it's time to go get the first shot. Gather information on both sides of an issue. Look at it critically. Uh, Look at it in regard both to the uh, disease itself and the consequences of getting the disease as opposed to the consequences of the side effect. Another thing to think about too is not just the immunization agent but also the carrier of the immunization. In vet school, uh, they found a willing population to test a new rabies vaccine with, and, and I got in that line, and I got my rabies vaccine, and in about two hours, I had hives from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. It wasn't the rabies vaccine, it was the duck embryo vaccine that they had grown the, uh, at the uh, vaccine on. So it's not necessarily the, uh, the disease agent, but it could be the carrier. Make sure the facts you use to make your decisions are based on well-researched evidence and accurate information. Read research articles if you can. Get unbiased views uh, as best you can. Stay away from maybe sources or writers that have it biased. Talk to your pediatrician or other healthcare professional. Talk to other parents that have been on this journey and see what helped them make their decisions. Understand the risk of getting a disease as opposed to the complications of an immunization. Uh, consider the risk of your child getting, not getting immunized. And then consider your responsibility you know, on, on the greater uh, scheme of things. Bottom line, pray. Pray a lot. Trust God with your decision and make the best decision for your child, whether you choose to vaccinate or not. Okay, and I think I... Next, I want to talk a little bit about the media, the, the, the social media that's out there and just the challenges of that as your kids get big enough and they start carrying cell phones or they have computers and how do we deal with that? Uh, it's overwhelming. It can be incredibly frightening. Uh, this is a resource that Dan found that we want to encourage you to check out. It's called Be Socially Smart. Uh, you can go there at the website.com, uh, besociallysmart.com. There are a few resources there that I'll share with you, but just the idea of, of having someone that's, that's more schooled, more disciplined, more understanding of what's out there. You don't have to take all your time to research all of them, but uh, what they do is they provide information from a Christian perspective of, of the validity and uh, some of the dangers as well of some of these sites. So uh, be aware of that. Be aware also that you can... You can put uh, programs on your phones that will filter what's there. A few of those, Mark Anderson supplied these to me. My Spy, you might want to jot these down. They're not in the notes. The Phone Sheriff, I love that one. Uh, I love this one better, Mama Bear. <laughs> uh, so check them out. You may or may not want to put these on your phones. Uh, things like Covenant Eyes can protect your computer, and they have some spillover benefit, as I understand, as well for cell phones, but just, just some thoughts there. 
this is a resource that charges a yearly subscription rate. Uh, what comes along with it are uh, things like, I'm not working here. Could you advance me, Alex? Um, they have monthly emails or bi-monthly, video library, breaking news updated, access, uh, the uh, exclusive uh, Facebook community group, free downloads, live Q&A. Uh, this is a picture of some of the free stuff they have there. They, they have some stuff for the latest teen jargon. I thought I'd share a couple of those with you. Do you know what it means to be on point? Teen vernacular? Something that works well together. Example, perfect outfit with matching shoes. Never would have guessed that. Just uh, amazing uh, what's said in these days. Sips tea. You know what sips tea means to your kids? None of your business. So if you hear them saying to you, sips tea, you'll understand what they mean. So there's a whole list of these on there. Uh, probably the most important one is, is this one that relates to Snapchat, because there you can get a list of all of the uh, recent uh, sites that are out there, social media sites, Snapchat. They give you a description of it. They point out the good things, the bad things, and some tips for using it. What they also have here are sites that are not appropriate for teens. Uh, Periscope's one of those, and they have these all listed together. The good, nothing here's good. The bad, and some tips on the use of it. So, uh, just some good research. I think it's did. I think I said it's 71 bucks a year. So, so just some things to think about there. So, uh, I want to wrap up this session with this idea. Dan raised this in the uh, the last session. I think last night about essentialism uh, and simplifying our lives so that we have time to parent our kids. Uh, this particular book was written by a fellow by the name of Greg McNowan, uh, and uh, in this he just walks parents through people. This is, he's not a Christian, he's not a believer to the best that we know, but he walks through some things that I think are maybe helpful for us in this time of our life. Uh, basically, he says something to this effect, it's a mad, mad world. Uh, work says, do more, do more, do more. Our friends say, do more, do more. get more involved in this, get more involved in that. And Greg goes on to say, there's a word for trying to do everything all the time. And he says that word is madness. Uh, we live in a world that, that has so many options, so many opportunities, so many choices that, that we can become overwhelmed with it. And, and I think that's why this, uh, some of the thoughts from this book can be helpful. And let's just go through some, some of them. Essentialism is a mindset. It's not a tactic or tip to do more. Have you ever found yourself stretched too thin do you simultaneously feel overworked and underutilized? There's this thought out there that if we can multitask, we're cool. The more I can multitask, the better I am. Uh, maybe you want to rethink that. Uh, are you often busy but not productive? Do you feel like your time is constantly being hijacked by other people's agenda? We're still not working, Alex. Sorry. If your answer is yes to any of these, the way out is the way of the uh, essentialist. The way of the essentialist isn't about getting more done in less time. It's about getting the right things done. It's not a time management strategy or a productivity technique. It's a systematic discipline for, dis for discerning what is absolutely essential than eliminating everything else. Next slide. Maybe it'll go from down here. We'll try it. Yeah. Oops, went too far. Back. By forcing us to apply more selective criteria for what is essential, 
the disciplined pursuit of less empowering of less empowering us to reclaim control of our choices about whether to spend where to spend our precious time and energy instead of giving others the implicit permission to choose for us essentialism is not one more thing it's a whole new way of doing everything i just want to take you back to the scriptures in in relationship to this uh, went too far slow you know, Paul taught us this principle of being content wherever we're at in life and, and to find our fullness in him. Uh, in Philippians, uh, he teaches this great truth, 4, 11 through 13. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, but for I've learned in whatever situation I'm content, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, uh, of abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. God wants our hearts to be at peace. God wants us to, to have the time, the resources, and energies to parent our children well. Uh, and so find a, a place where you are content with these things. So your time now, we're going to start now. The next 30 minutes is for you and your spouse to uh, turn back to the handout. I want you to think through this issue of fear. There's a list of fears listed there. You can just kind of read through that to remind you if you're struggling with any. Sometimes these fears are subconscious to us, and they create and cause uh, sinful barriers and responses in our lives. Look through that if there's anything that you need to uh, relinquish to the Lord uh, or uh, do that. Uh, we also want you to think through some of these issues about talking with your children. Do you have a good plan or process in your home about talking with them about their sexuality in preparation for living in this crazy world? I don't know where you're at with the schooling choices, but if you're on the front end of that, still trying to make up your mind, you might talk through some of the pros and cons there. Immunization may be a, a done subject for you or maybe looming on the surface. Talk about some of those if you need to. Talk about the media. That's probably coming for all of us at one way or another if your kids are young. And then lastly, uh, what can you do to find peace and contentment uh, in the midst of all the choices in our world? So with that, break up, have some time for the next 30 minutes. We'll come back at about 10 till 12. And yeah, we'll have our panel.